Far away. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to wherever you are. You are listening to the All Talk Car Podcast, the first of our Victorian specials. Co-hosting with me today is Halil. Good morning. Flight down safe and well. Wonderful. I got uh, got to sit next to our uh, travelling partner, baggage handler. Yes. Our phone holder. One of our listeners. Um, yeah, you missed out. You sat in uh, premium. Uh, well, that's fine. Ga- our, our good friend Daniel Stalloni. Yeah, one of our listeners asked if you could come down. We said yes, if you can carry bags and make coffee. And I've done none of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm carrying the bags and I have none of that. But he's holding the, the rent car key. But today's first guest uh, that's joining us is uh, Paul Marrick. G'day, how are you guys? Good, mate. Today's guest is one of the world's leading automotive journalists of the 21st century. That's a big intro. I thought you were having me on. <laughs> wow. That's a massive Senior intro. Senior road tester at caradvice.com. <laughs> one of Geelong's favourite sons. <laughs> And an all-round good bloke. So, Paul, thank you for having us Cheers. here today at your uh, offices. So, we are recording outside of New South Wales, so we're at the Car Advice office. Uh, mate, it must be a beautiful place, Victoria, road testing cars at the speed limit. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually just thinking, yesterday I went for a, a long drive. Uh, we've got a long-term Jag I-Pace, and I did a drive in the heat to That's test... The ele- is that the electric car? Yeah, full yeah. electric. I wanted to test um, the air conditioning in the heat because it's a, it's a point of contention on range and also test a supercharger in Euroa, so I did a big drive. Um, the speed limit thing's interesting because all of the main roads that everyone thinks I'm gonna go drive there, the speed limits aren't fast enough. You find yourself some country roads where 100 seems like a very dangerous speed to be doing, yeah. and they haven't reduced the speeds there at all. So it's, it's fascinating the way Victoria works. I mean, we've got these crazy speed limits on safe roads, and then crazy, crazy speed limits on uh, unsafe roads, bizarre. The problem we've got in New South Wales is there's four sets of speed limits within 500 metres. Yeah, it's so just constantly changing. Moore right? Park is 60 to 70 to 40 to 70, and then there's a tram line that's taken <laughs> yeah. three years to get built. <laughs> yeah, we, one we, tram line. One tram line. So let's, let's go back to the beginning. I mean, you grew up in Geelong, Ford Town. Yep. Did you have cars in your veins? At, at, how did you get into automotive journalism? Like, no, was it I did. something from young? Yeah, well, I'll take you back one step even further. So my family is from Yugoslavia, so <laughs> the former, former Republic of Yugoslavia. Um, we came to Australia when I was two years old. Wow. My dad was a civil engineer um, back in what's now known as Serbia. He, his qualifications didn't work over here, so he basically got a job as soon as he could at Ford as a machine operator. Unlike today where, um, it's probably slightly off topic, a lot of people come to Australia and they're happy to just sit on the dole and do whatever they need to do. Um, <laughs> no! Yeah. We'll talk about that in a couple yeah. of weeks. <laughs> um, my parents were hard workers and, and to this day haven't taken any money from the government to be here and now have you know a good life in Australia. So. My ethic growing up was to work hard and to do whatever I needed to do. Um, so I went through high school in Geelong, um, not the best place in the world, neither was the high school that I went to, but yeah, we came out the other end and had a strong you know, love for cars. Dad working at Ford Health, so I used to go to a lot of Ford events and stuff like that. Um, and at the age of 17, Dad would bring home cars every now and then. I did a, my first car review on a Ford Territory that he bought home. We, we drove okay. to Sydney, you know. Did the car review on that. I started a website. I was into so computers. How old were you when you did your first review? I was 17. It was on so my house. And I had to make sure with, um, with the cars that I was driving that I had um, all the stuff blurred out. So I had to blur <laughs> L plates out and stuff like that. So people thought I was serious. And maximum speed of 70. Yeah, exactly. So um, that, was, that was all on my L's. Photoshop um, the passengers out. Exactly. <laughs> 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 Mum and dad, yeah. Um, so I had to do all that. And then... Um, Sort of uh, age of 18, I, I did a, a gap year after 
um, after school before starting uni. And it was then that uh, I emailed Mitsubishi and said, hey, I've started this website. Can I sort of, um, you know, do you have any cars I can borrow? Um, mm. And they're like, oh, the Mitsubishi 380's about to come out. We don't have any cars yet. But in the meantime, I can offer you these other cars. And I thought, this is great. give you five Magnus. Yeah. <laughs> so back then it was Magna. They had um, Pajero. So I'm oh, like, I went up Pajero. to... It's, it's, the same, it's the same Pajero. It's the same Pajero. Yeah. Yeah. They still make the Pajero. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Pretty much the exact same car. This is the one that goes to the door, Mitsubishi dealerships every week. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone knows the story. In America, it's called the Monterey. Yeah. Because of Pajero, is it? Bajero. Bajero. Yes. That's a wanker, isn't He's it? a banker. <laughs> or a banker in some other places. But they were, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, where it reminds yeah, me so. of Greece, oh. Sayat named their yes. cars after towns, and there's a town called Malaga. Oh, and, yeah, right. But in Greece, it's called meeting. the Sayat Gredos. <laughs> so there you go. That is hilarious. Yeah. So gap year. There you go. Yeah, so gap year <laughs> with Greece. my wanker. <laughs> yeah. um, so... I remember when I first turned up to the dealership, I thought, oh, I don't know how this all works with being on my P's. And back back then, the li- my license had a red stripe on the top. So what I engineered in my wallet was a clear cover on it with oh, some duct tape over the red. Brilliant. And then every time they'd ask for my license, I'd pretend like I couldn't get it out because it was stuck in there. So they wouldn't know that I was on my P's. And then I'd patiently wait until I drove off to put the P plates up because I didn't want to get fined. Um, <laughs> So this sort of went on. I ended up getting a job uh, doing some work for a local newspaper in Geelong, uh, sort of car reviews, and it basically stemmed from there. It it was maybe a year and a half after that that um, I got in touch with Elbors, who started Car Advice, and um, he had content, and he offered to buy my website um, for shares in Car Advice. And it was at that point I had just started uni that I thought, I'm not going to have time to expand my site. I was going to need to take on people and it was just becoming probably a bit too much work. Um, I decided, yeah, I'll sell him the site and all the content and and that's where it all sort of began, the whole sort of career started. And the reason why everyone laughed at the start and said 21st century is because Car Advice is a website. Yep. You would have started 21st century website. When I grew up in the 80s and and 90s, I'm sounding really old, we used to read the Monthly Motor and Wheels magazine. You'd go to the news agency the day it was out. And a scoop photo where now it's a different game. It's basically content every day. And something that you publish three days late is old news. Yep. And, you know, that, that was the thing that aggravated so many people in this industry because when car advice started taking off, we would be going to some of these car launches and... Nowadays, they have what's called an embargo, and the embargo says you can't publish any content until this date. Back then, there was no such thing as an embargo. So we'd go to a car launch, we'd take our own photos at the car launch, we'd publish the content the night we got home, and all of our competitors started complaining because they'd all be publishing to a print schedule, which was two weeks later. They'd be using press photos. No one liked it, and we'd be coming up on the first page of Google, and it was like stratospheric the way that it, it sort of went up from there. The website just went crazy. We started getting ads on the site. So it was really that change and shift in mentality. You look today at, at a lot of our competitors and even globally to people that are on YouTube. Well, these people are just out there with a GoPro shooting mm-hmm. their own content. Mm-hmm. It was inconceivable five, ten years ago that that would ever happen. So, you know, the game has changed yet again. It sort of pivoted from being just magazines to being websites to now just being anyone can do the job. Mm-hmm. And is anyone just doing it? Pretty or, much, yeah. yeah. Anyone can do a podcast if you listen to yeah. But no, that, that's that's a thing. Anyone can create whatever they want, um, and it doesn't have to be. You know, I kept seeing a lot of this stuff. We focus a lot on production quality, but I kept seeing a lot of stuff on YouTube where, if you deliver the information someone wants, 
the job completely. And it doesn't it's the right have to be, Yeah, it doesn't have to yeah. be like this pornographic type, you know, car thing. It just needs that's to be... That's Hal's other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, but I, look, there's different... It's like you said... Jewels and toys, isn't it? When there's, there's something for... Oh, oh, if, if, oh God. <laughs> that's that footy player. That's that footy player. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if any AFL players... No, no, no. The AFL players are... Because the NRL guys are getting into... They're not on YouTube, but they're getting into the filming. Well, actually, I think someone recommended the other day that the NRL should look at having... Back on topic. Go back to what you They should have an official Pornhub channel. So, we're on the podcast now. We're on the podcast. Look, when I was looking at... when my little ones... When I was looking at getting baby seats the first time when, you know, the you know, we had the first kid come along yeah, and then the second one came along and it was like, I've got to get two seats in the car now. Yep. And there was a guy that just reviews baby seats in the States. Yeah, right. All he does yeah, is yeah. he re- different seats in different cars. He just keeps getting cars from manufacturers and putting two or three seats yep. into it. Yep, three Smart. of these will fit in there, two of these. This guy was like, okay, how many people would possibly want to see? And then I thought, well, I do. And if everyone's having, that's having it, all you have to do is go on YouTube and say, baby C, yep. CX9. Yep. He's got exactly. that million views, that bloke. Oh, but, but, oh, and, yeah. and that's like, he's got, depending on the car, a million plus for every single car that he reviews with front forwards, backwards, three oh, yeah. of them, two in the yep. back. Yep. I, I like watching, and he always has a go at the cars as well, saying this is not acceptable because this yep. the back seats don't recline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put the baby seat in, and I was like, "That's but, how I chose my seats." But yeah. a, a review today, like you jump online, you go to Google, but wherever the content comes from, whether it's an independent or it's, yep. you know, if it's, if, it's, if it's car, whatever it is, I kind of look at that now and go, "Right, that's that's a real review." Because back in the day, Moto inside front cover was Holden, and yeah. the beautiful review on the Holdens. Camira, car of the year, whatever. Yeah, and then you know Ford Ford that month with the inside front cover. I mean, when Motor. How do you know about Motor magazine? Uh, I did a stint on the magazine. Uh, but I was on the advertising side. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I was telling them what's right. What's right? Yeah, the guys have spent a shitload this month. Yeah. We got to <laughs> and you couldn't drive manual, right? Don't yeah, you? <laughs> of course, of course I could. Of course I could. No, but um, you look at it today, and it's yeah. a it's a real review. You yeah. need to get some dickhead reviews as well. But you know what? That's that's we actually get a lot of criticism about cash for comment and stuff like that. And all I can say is that we accept advertising from every manufacturer. So. The fact that you see, and, and it's very different these days, because if you come and have a look at, I'm sort of looking at the Honda HRV there, if you come and have a look at one of our reviews of HRV, Toyota can come and pay more to have a review of a, sorry, a, an ad for a CHR placed on that page. So we allow them to competitively bid for that, but it doesn't influence our what the review, yeah, which is good. I think that's you know, what that's what we need yeah, because there was. Our bills. But yeah. not only that, you are in effect giving them free advertising when you're testing their car. So if Absolutely. you ring up Honda and say, "Sorry, mate, we haven't got any HRVs," yeah. it's their loss. Yeah, but yeah. they do. I mean, back in the day, there was you, if you wanted a press car, you got a press car. Yeah, yeah. correct. It's yeah, still the same today. It's it's delivered to you that day. Or yeah. can you come and pick it up? And the rumor. Is it, I mean, I was going to ask you if every day is Ferrari in Tuscany, but Ferrari had a habit of tuning some press cars as well. Oh, look, those guys are <laughs> pretty ridiculous because what will happen, um, for example, Ferrari, we can't test any of their cars on a track. 
at a Bentley a couple of weeks ago and they're like, all right, well, you've got a 300 kilometre limit. And I'm like, well, where do you want me to drive? Like, mm. I mean, 100 k's by the time I'm out somewhere is, you know, I've got a tell Oh, is it you couldn't drive it? No. It's not you can't drive it past 300 kilometres. Yeah. More yeah, about you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Like a McLaren, I, I just there's no point testing these cars. Well, the time you get to Geelong, show your yeah, parents exactly. and come back. Yeah, it's, come it's back. Game over. So oh, the, the pick up the pick up the girlfriend and take her for the export. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so go to pick up wife. Look at me now. You know, I was a loser in the Mitsubishi 380. Still am, but here it is, McLaren. No, but that's the thing. It's it's kind of pointless these days, and the reason is that. They're now giving cars to virtually anyone. So McLaren will have a, a fleet of cars that, that are demos because they don't actually have a press fleet. Yep. So the demo needs to be not damaged, not driven hard, yeah. and they'll give so it to anyone that asks or has an Instagram account. Yeah. So that, that's where we're heading at the moment, which is a little... Guess who's getting a McLaren this week? How's our other phone? Yeah. McLaren is going to get It sounds good, but it's actually not because you sign a form that has like a $15,000 excess. Yeah. How, how are you yeah. going to get a McLaren when they can't give you a Mitsubishi Triumph? Yeah. <laughs> Unfuckable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You never know. <laughs> the flags were out there waving, but poor Hal. I never heard back from you. Tr- you've got a, a new Triumph in here, maybe Hal can test it. Well, he's got, he's got a Sangle. There was a question I wanted to ask you, and I was leading from the Ferrari, yeah. and that is you drove a Veyron. Yes. Oh, did, did you, you use your <laughs> did you use your P plate license so for that, or was that I was of... fairly certain that wasn't gonna happen. And Tony, who was one of the one of the early guys at Car Advice, he can sell ice to Eskimos. The guy is just sensational. And he managed he got us banned from Audi in the in the meantime because he had to go around Yep. A couple of people to get us this Bugatti, but um, Which, he, where were you? Which country? It was in France, okay. so where where their factory is, and um, he managed to get us a drive. And it was kind of weird because when we got to the factory, they took our passports. So <laughs> it was like, yeah, you can come in and drive the car. We just need your passport. I'm like, all right, this is weird. I've never had this before. So they took that was big rental cars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> our ability to leave the country was a big gate one. Yes, yeah. yeah, so gave them the fake one uh, in, the, in the plastic sleeve. Yeah, my Serbian passport. Yeah. Take that one. <laughs> Um, so software. you're from Serbia. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Um, so we were in there. They gave us a tour of the factory and it came to driving the car. And I thought, oh, I don't know how many forms we have to do stuff here. Came to driving the car. There was no forms. It was just no, no license check. They were just like, all right, um, you, you head out with a chaperone. And the chaperone was just on his phone the whole time. And we had this situation where... Taking selfies on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was before... Are we the, uh, the again, sir? <laughs> it was in like 2008, I think. So it was a long time ago, yeah. before phones had come. He was just sending texts on his Nokia. Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. Playing I'm snake. on the way. <laughs> um, So we went out and uh, he, I said to him, do you mind if I give this a stab? It was like 120 k's an hour, this road that we're on. And he goes, yes, it's it's... Your license, you do whatever you want. I'm like, all right, so I'll do this, I'll give it a shot. Floored it. This thing, like at 100 k's an hour, lost traction. It just wow. pinned me back in the Incredible seat. Incredible car. Yeah, and we were doing, I don't know, it must have been close to not 120. It was like probably 12, two or three yeah. times that. During that time, I passed a couple of cars. I just didn't think anything of it. I rolled out of the throttle and um, got back to about 100 and looked in my mirror and there was a police car behind me and I thought, I've, I've You've done it's it. It's like my only chance here, and I'm going to go to jail now because they've got my passport, all this sort of stuff. And I thought, all right, I'm going to move out of the way. We'll see what happens. He just drives past and gives us a wave. And I thought, wow, if that was here, I reckon I'd be, 
you know, someone's... Is it the car that's... It, was it probably the car? Yeah. Over there, I think we were driving through some small towns and stuff like that. People would run out onto the streets. To it's, see the car. Yeah, it's not like here. Like, I don't know if you notice, there's a 488 Pista park just there. Oh, yeah. Dude has, like, a GT3. He's got all these other cars. Yeah, weekend cars. Yeah, yeah. no one cares. <laughs> so people will walk past and just not care that there's, like, this yeah. one of whatever Ferrari park there like he had a friend with the Senna there the other day and it's like this is like insane stuff in Australia people think you're a wanker if you've got all these nice cars if we're driving something expensive no one will ever let you into traffic I just don't like driving expensive cars here because it's just it's not... Australian mentality. It's just not right. So and the Europeans... But the Europe, they, they love yeah, it. They debadge their cars. If you've got an AMG Big Bang, they'll yep. debadge it. Yep. Yeah. It's just a car that's it's a form of transport. Mm. They love cars in the States, and if you if you have a nice car, like in Germany, you're hoofing along, they will tip the hat at you. Mm. You know, so Australia is just this weird, weird place where, you know, Everyone wants to succeed, and but it's only like if you're an underdog that anyone's interested. Yeah. You've actually succeeded and have a nice thing. Yeah, people want to go damage it. it or take it off you. It's like, what is wrong with it, you? Is people? it the best car you've driven? Um, like, well, it is. Like, even to this day, I just think to myself that that thing is is an engineering masterpiece. And, and sort of the background of my story is I did mechanical engineering at uni, so I sort of get an understanding of how cars work and all this sort of stuff. And that car in itself is just incredible and being able to tour the factory and just seeing like you could eat off the floor there how many cars do they produce it's it's a handful like it's it's not many they had a production run of the entire veyron it was like i don't know i'll be lying if i make something up here but it was like let's say thousand cars is that all yeah Yeah, that's not much they lost money on all these cars but Mm. the thing is that the platform then carried over to chiron which is now sort of where they and they're going to build a four-door that yeah excalibur will they will they eventually build a car that we can all buy I mean, not that we can all, we can no, all buy Probably them. not. No, well, even no. the old Bugattis are worth, like, they're now... Yeah. Like, I think Bugatti Ralph Lauren style. Yeah, will stay as, like, the ultimate pinnacle type thing. Yeah. It won't be something where they go, oh, well, let's do something affordable now. Yeah. Yeah. Forwards, <laughs> <not backwards. laughs> it's right, there's a flimsy <laughs> pillar there to prevent that from happening. <laughs> Any embarrassing road tests? Um, like, have you returned a car with a panel missing? Oh, I haven't personally... I haven't. <laughs> I would personally, right? but we have a lot of. Uh, not so, I, I have had issues where I've been embarrassed for other people. Okay. Um, like we were at one, I sort of won't say too much, but at one car launch in Tasmania where a journalist, and this is the backstory, all journalists think they're F1 drivers, <laughs> and 99% of them have no idea how to drive. So when we're, we go to a car launch, we're paired with other people and. Most of the time, I'll pick someone else because the person that I'm paired with is is a maniac. And the, in this particular instance, we had a situation where um, we're at this launch in Tasmania, driving the Targa roads. It was wet, and there was a mix of from this manufacturer a mix of high performance and not high performance models. An old mate was driving a not high performance model, trying to be a hero, and managed to roll the car no. really badly. Um, the the boss of this car company then drove around the corner next and I was sort of behind them but two cars behind them Um, one dude was like trapped in the car briefly one guy cut his head open and because car companies are so worried about preserving a journalist's um, interest in the brand instead of sending this guy home and telling him hey don't drive like a penis on public roads. They have my car. The, the next morning, I had to drive with him. And I said to him, as soon as I got in, listen up, champ, you will drive like Miss Daisy with me in the car. Any bullshit, and I'll be getting out. What car was it? Can't say. I, I don't want to say, but... Well, high, high performance, like, 
Yeah, yeah, okay. But it, this is the thing. The, the guy leading the drive was a race driver and his car didn't leave the road. So if yeah. a race driver can drive confidently on a public road at the mm. speed limit and you can't, you probably yeah. need to reassess yeah. your... your what we're talking about press cars without naming them, when I was working for... <laughs> Either Motor or Wheels or one of the companies. That one without naming them. <laughs> in advertising, you got to take some of the press, like you got to take yeah. a press car home. You know, I didn't have a car, I would take a press yeah. car. I got to the garage one night and there was no cars available, <laughs> except for this one that was under a cover. And I went upstairs, <laughs> <laughs> I went upstairs got the key, rummaged oh, through the editor's Shouldn't have, but rubbish through the end of the <laughs> cabinet. I found the key. I tell you what it was. It was an end of line Australian manufacturer. Anyway, got the, got the key. Got in his thing. Drove it home. Did some burnout. So I couldn't drive it. Could call Sunday morning from the editor. He goes, "No, we've got a problem. Someone's stolen oh, a cargo. Uh, what colour is it?" <laughs> Told him the colour. I said it's at my house. He goes, "Don't fucking move it." I go, "Why?" He goes, "We're giving that away." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and we're, we're giving the car away goes, how many k's are on it I went um, how many kilometres you might need to replace the tyres <laughs> he sent a tow truck to pick it up oh my god Picks the car up, brought me in. Yeah, it was very, it was it was quite an interesting. Uh, did you still have employment after? Yeah, that? it was fine. I could do whatever I want. Did you do a review? Uh, not really. Just no. website. Yeah, were, no, you the, uh, were you the ghostwriter? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was quite it was quite a fun. Then I got then I then I had a reputation for. They're like, oh, what's Ross? What's Ross going to take today? <laughs> Yeah. They just started throwing covers over everything. Surprise! Surprise! They said to me on Monday morning. They said to me on Monday morning. They go, and it was quite fortunate. I, you know, I used to bring in a lot of ad revenue, yeah. so they were kind of like, we don't want to, we don't want to irritate the guy too much. <laughs> He's kind of funding the magazine. But they, they sort of said to me, um, "Did you not realise the car was covered?" I went, "Thought you were just keeping it fresh." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the weekend. <laughs> The thing had been polished, it had stickers all over oh, the manners so off funny. it. <laughs> Someone stole the car. No, no one's not presenting it the next day. It was three days later. <laughs> but we, we had some horror stories. We had a guy, a uh, guy, a junior guy take uh, Aston Martin soft top and yep. he thought he was, you know, super cool and he, he got in he had his pass, went back to work on a Saturday night and picked this car up. Yeah. And drove it through, and that was genuinely stolen. We didn't know who'd yeah. taken the car. And he took this car and he parked it outside in King's Cross, parked it outside a nightclub, and it started raining. <laughs> the roof was down. He's come outside, and he's like, There's my car. Oh, shit. So it's so so like your ex wife. Yeah, same thing. He lost, he, he, lost, he lost his job. It was only wow. a junior. Like, he went and took the car. Like, that's not. I mean, at least I admitted to it. Yeah. <laughs> I had the keys. Stuff. Oh, I've got hundred stories of them. I can't tell them. Any kids missing? Yeah. <laughs> 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 so luckily, there's nothing interesting here at the moment. You can take that saying on if you want. Because you guys buy, you buy your cars. Yeah, actually, they, these two cars are purchased. So the Golf GTI and the Golf R. Oh, um, this car ever? Yeah. G- Golf R. Oh, I've, I've had two of them. They're yes. nice cars. It's not bad. Um, not bad. Come on. Yeah. What do you like about the Golf oh, R? I think it's a bit soft. Um, the reverse camera? Like <laughs> 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 reverse camera picture's not quite good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, now, look, the thing with those cars is that uh, we did a hot hatch comparison a little while back. It's you, If you get it out on the track, it just 
it's just not quite as hard as the rest of them. But they, they do that deliberately because it's obviously shares a platform with much more expensive cars that were an Audi badge. And the Audis need to be a whole lot more yeah. dynamic. But I mean, keep that thing a tune, not that you would. Yeah, keep that thing a tune and it's blisteringly quick. Yeah, it's, like quick, it's in a, quick in a straight line. So if you go to a track, turn stability control and stuff off, it it's just not. understeers all day long. Okay. Like it's, yeah. It's just so you know, Ross is a, a Volkswagen. Oh, yeah. Freak. Poster boy. No, look at the straight line. Poster boy. Yeah, yeah. with your multi. I love, I love, yeah, now the multi. I love my poster. You dial up launch control, it's, you won't find a quicker car in a straight line. It's just. It's um, the clutches don't last very long. I've oh, yeah. about 30 of them. <laughs> DSG. I've heard. <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> The, D, the Megatronics just yep. goes boom. Yep, that sounds about After right. After about 32 <laughs> launches. When, when t- another, on the same date? Another, same it's after. just a personal <laughs> thing. Demo. <laughs> Demo. Sorry, Pete. No, just a personal question. Why are all cars launched in Portugal? Ah. I've been to Portugal. It's the last place. The roads are just... Sorry. Asked, is that true? Yeah. Like, yeah, I asked the same question. Why Portugal? It's Spain and Portugal, and the reason is the toll roads. So if you go there, like Spain, for example, to drive up and down... Spain, it's it costs a lot of money. The toll roads are incredibly expensive. So whenever we do a car launch, it's like a ghost town. There's n- none of the locals will use the toll roads because twenty euros each way, no one's ever oh, going to wow. do it. So they all take back roads and other roads. So you do a car launch, and all of a sudden you've got like a three-lane road with no one on it, mm. with very little policing. We should go to Portugal. Yeah, oh, and the race tracks. They have race tracks. Everywhere, do they? Um, even in Spain, Madrid has one track. We did a the super prototype drive called Harama, and it's like this old ship track that's falling apart. It's like called a park here that you would never dream to drive a car on. But they've just spent all this money on resurfacing it, and you've got this world class ex Formula One track, a stone's throw from Madrid. Mm. You've then got all these other tracks around the place that are like Portimao is this incredible mm. racetrack. And they book them wow. for these car launches. They'll be there for two weeks doing international media. And it costs them nothing compared to doing a launch in Germany or something where accommodation's expensive. The government doesn't want you doing stuff yep. on the roads. These guys just... Doesn't it have... Isn't there that... Um, didn't Top Gear do that... Um that ghost town where that air, oh, the unused airport yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that unused airport they yeah, use that yeah, a lot now for yeah. uh, for testing yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy I just that's out of our budget we're yeah. more like well, it's not really it's not really <laughs> it's not really because you can just open the lock in one of the houses yeah, yeah just, just drive in there <laughs> just take <laughs> a lock with us yeah it's weird they just seem to do that for the sake of um it's just cheap. You can fly media there from all over the world. Weather's probably pretty good too. Weather's generally yeah. pretty good. Photography's great. The locals don't really care about anything, so it's just cheap, pretty much. Daily road trips through Europe? Um, yeah, I actually did one uh, in, oh, sort of end of summer last year, which was absolutely epic. So we did, um, with a friend of mine, uh, his name's Joe Achilles. He's like a BMW tragic. He has a YouTube channel and all this sort of stuff. Really good guy. Lives in the UK. And he... You know, because he loves BMWs, I thought, all right, let's organise a road trip. So I borrowed an R8 V10 Plus Spider and then an, an i8 Roadster. And we did um, four mountain passes in two days in four countries. Nice. And it was, uh, so we met in Munich and picked up the cars there. We did a stretch of the Autobahn over to Austria. And then it was uh, basically Glossglockner, which is uh, this uh, amazing uh, mountain pass in Austria. And we went to the wrong side of that. So we got there to a car park and I'm like, it looks much better in the pictures. And he's like, yep, 
we took a wrong turn. So we're literally on the wrong side of the oh, mountain. Wow. <laughs> and we couldn't go to the actual Glockner because it was like late. And if we wasted any more time, we wouldn't have had any time to do the rest. Stayed overnight in Innisbrook. The next day we did the Timmelschlock, which is like the most epic road you will ever see. So this, this one runs from Austria over to... Um, part of Italy and it was amazing so it's it's a toll road yeah. uh, owned by some dude you pay 16 euros and you then just drive it's a privately owned well yeah it's just this I don't know well, how the ownership works or, or it's like Kramer owned a piece of the road didn't you? Yeah. So no the, idea the, the liter- the liter- the it's like a new surface and you come out of this tunnel where you, we were just sort of going up and down with the V10 and, yeah. the, and the IA yeah. and you come out of this tunnel and it's like painting this epic thing and we pulled over to, to just to soak in this view and there was this couple sitting there with like a like a card table <laughs> having lunch they, they Volkswagen Golf sitting there and this there was this big fat German dude in his overalls <laughs> just cutting up some sausage and yeah like these gherkins <laughs> and even his wife were just there having lunch did you stop for a snack yeah I'm like this is insane like do you mind if I take a photo because this is like crazy you you make me a sandwich <laughs> <laughs> Is it true you've got to go early in the morning because there's a lot yeah. of tourist buses? That, that was the thing. Like we, we had a good run with traffic, um, but basically after that place, we stayed in a place called Livno, which is like a this tax haven in Italy somewhere. The next morning, we had to leave at like 6.30am to make it to the Stelvio Pass, and basically we did two bits of the Stelvio Pass. The Stelvio Pass itself, but behind the Stelvio Pass is the Umbrao Pass, which is like a it's basically the back end of it that is epic like if you think the Stelvio Pass is good no one does the back of it the back is amazing and then we got to Stelvio Pass with no traffic so everyone says don't go there there's traffic all this sort of stuff as long as you time it right and you're not approaching from ages away where you get there at lunchtime Mm -hmm. and there's caravans and all this shit so I mean we ended this whole uh, two day journey by making it to the airport for our international flights back home with like Probably 10 minutes to spare. It was the tightest run. We used every bit of autobahn that we could. And then you said, fuck, my passport's at me again. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, the the road trips, what I I would love to be able to do when we publish this story, I want to create a series that, like, road trips that anyone can do. So this is a trip that you guys could head over, hire three, four cars, Mm. and do it yourself. And they don't have to be amazing cars. A couple of Darcy and Dusters. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we want something a little better than that. Maybe a Golf R or something. Just going up or going down, which is more fun? Uh, Definitely going up, because going down, unless you have mega brakes, it's hard work. Wife or no wife? God, for me, no wife. Only, not that I don't like spending time with her, but she hates... Just, just so everyone knows, uh, Daniel's shaking his head. Because of the dizzy and the screaming, not because we're about No, exactly. It's, yeah. it's, you know. We took a, uh, a A12 Superfast from Siena yeah. to Marinello, and we came across some really tight roads, and yeah, she's holding on, she's panicking. And yeah, it's really, not pleasant, is it? No, not at all. You can't See, drive my wife would love it. I've been in your seat so can I drive? I hold on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I think, I think my wife would say that like, she'd probably even take my drive. Well, that's good. She'd love it. That's the thing. Then the downside of that is you have to share the drive. Yeah, and you get sense. two cars. Ah, yeah, two cars. Exactly. Two Range Rovers. Three to four. Three to four. Yeah. You remember these mate? Three, three to four cars. Four Range Rovers. Yeah, no, 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 no
yeah, you got to do it and you've got to enjoy it and it's got to be relaxing as well. Like, our thing was really rushed and if we had our time again, I'd stick an extra two days onto mm-hmm. it. Um, and you've got to be patient. Like, a lot of people will get stuck behind a train of traffic. Instead of trying to overtake everyone, I would just hang back or wait till the early morning to go to the drive because a lot of the drivers around there, the locals are shit because they'll... You'll be hooking along at a good pace and then you'll have someone in the middle of the road just not watching. And wow. all of a sudden you're really having to... Like, roads aren't big enough for two cars, let alone, you know, the gaps that you have. So there's, a group, there's a group of... <laughs> driving Greece with a sheep around. Well, there's a, gr- there's a group of guys. So I, I, go, I go to Crete um, most years and there's a group of guys from Russia yep. leave Moscow and they literally get in their supercars. Yep. And everyone... Have you seen this? No. Oh, it's called the Unlimited 300. Oh. And they all get together, and um, some of them, some of them take their cars down on, yep. on, um, like the, you know, they've got their their Bentley four wheel drive towing yep. the, yep. Supercar. the supercar. A lot of them drive their supercars, yep. and they literally drive from Russia all the way into Greece, and then from Athens they get the boat to Crete, Bloody and they God. literally do two weeks on the island in Crete. It's really good. It's like a rolling economy, yeah. almost like yeah. we were talking about the variety last week. Mm. And these guys. They're going, and they're so respectful of the countryside, but they love the, the roads and the yep. driving. There's no one around. That is crazy. And they just get to just hammer their cars. And then that was the first year. In year two, they went there. They went and found an unused um, airstrip. That is great. And now every year in the June, road. they do. They go down there and they've literally created awesome. this massive thing where everyone brings their cars in from yeah. all over Europe, and they drive. They drive down. There's like. You know, there's multi vans with four wheel drive running gear and Porsche motors in it. There's everything. There's there's you know twin turbo Aventadors that catch on fire. (laughs) So it it started off as everyone with their supercars, and now like everyone's starting with the heavily modified stuff. A lot of missing GDRs. Yeah. Two years ago, some guy from Japan flew in two RWB Porsches. And any, yeah, it's, it's gotten. It's getting any AMGs with New South Wales plates. Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> no. No. Just a couple of other things I want to raise with you, Paul. Like you're you're pretty vocal with safety in yep. vehicles. I mean, I've been I listened to your podcast as well. You're vocal on the Mustang. You were vocal with Takata airbags yep. for screaming at governments to implement, and they've done it. Mm. Is that because of you? No, oh, look, I don't think so. I think it's just, it's, uh, for me, it's safety, I don't care. Like, people drive old cars that are unsafe, people ride motorbikes, people do a lot of unsafe stuff. My concern, especially with the Mustang, was that if you were buying a car in 2018, I expect it to be safe. I'd expect the airbags to work. Just basic, basic stuff like that. And even now, I asked the question with Jimny and Wrangler, are their engineers incompetent or do they just not care about their customers? Because they're the only two options there. 99% of the, the safety work on a car is done on a computer before a car is ever crash tested. So they know from the outset that the Jeep Wrangler is going to be a shit car. And with your engineering background, like to, to implement safety into a vehicle, whether yep. from design or... Does it cost that much? It's it's not so much money. It's just a case of engineering it in, and it's also a case of how much money you're willing to spend on it. So take the G-Class, for example. They just announced a five-star rating for that. That is as much an off-road-oriented vehicle as the Jimny or the Wrangler, yet it's five stars. Now, if you look at Mercedes-Benz and their budgets, obviously they've probably got a big budget, but the fact of the matter is they've sold over 2 million Wranglers since it started, over 2.5 million Jimnys since they were launched. 
and they've only sold like 400,000 G-classes. So yeah. if you look at the volume there, if your car company is making cars, you're going to say, well, we've sold two million of these things. I reckon we might actually put some money into this. Mm. Suzuki has form as well because they, they're happy to sell a Suzuki Swift in India with no airbags yeah. that gets a zero-star crash rating. Yet the same car here is a four or a five-star. So what you're saying is the life of someone in India is not worth the same as the life of someone here. So what, what frustrates me is that car companies are taking the piss and you as a consumer should be confident that the car you're driving is going to be safe and is going to work. The Takata thing is the exact same. You've got so many cars out there. Like if, if I told you that there was a 50% chance of you being killed today by crossing that road, you wouldn't cross the road. Mm. But it's the same thing with these Alpha airbags. There's a 50% chance if you're in a very minor accident that the airbag will kill you. And a lot of people aren't getting them replaced. But just, just, on the, just on the airbag, a lot of people are trying to get them replaced. But it's, yeah. like, you know, it's a really long process. You know, Mercedes-Benz have got a huge backlog of, of, yeah. of cars. So what do I do, not drive the car? Um, do I just... That's the thing. In those instances, you, you are allowed to ask them for a replacement car. Because if the car, unless they want to put in writing that you're not going to be killed or injured by that airbag, you should be getting a replacement car. That could destroy some manufacturers. Like... Bad luck. I mean, yeah. it's that's the thing. It's, yeah, that's it's true. true. It, that's it's, just money. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, that just means dollars. Like, yeah, but that's a lot of loan cars that'd be out there if everyone well, caught wind of it. Depending on who, I think it, or, it also came down to dealers because when I had my Pilux, it had the airbag yep. recall. I rang Peter Wong Toyota in Liverpool, big big Toyota dealer. Yep, been there a long time. Rang him. Pretty much got told we'll get back to you. We're really busy. I said, well, "What do you mean? Apparently, this thing could kill me." Yeah. He goes, "Well, we're just we don't have enough staff, and you know, so and that, I'm down the road. I'm like my office is 300 yeah, meters away. I'll, I'll leave yeah. it with you." So I thought, "This is this is just crap." So I rang two other dealers. One of them happened to be near my house. Mm. Bring it in tomorrow. Yeah, right. Just no, can you, can you leave it with us for the whole day, and we'll fit it in. You know, that's fine. Mm. Same with my wife's C class. Yeah. I rang. The dealerships, two dealerships that, you know, they're unlike Toyota, they don't have one in every third suburb. Yeah. And it was pretty much, you know, we're going to, you know, you'll get a letter from us when yeah. you can book it in. So, no, it's not good. Mate, my wife drives this car. She takes yeah. the kids and everything. Absolutely. Yeah. I've got a friend that works at a Mercedes dealership because he walked in to service. Yeah. It got booked in two weeks. But is, there, is it the fact that there's no stock of this no, replacement uh, airbag? Or they, just the dealers yeah, just being fitting it in when they There's a couple of late. issues, right? Yeah. So the, the, the first issue is you've got Alpha airbags, which are the 50-50 ones, and then you've got Beta ones. The and, Beta ones... And what are they? And the Alpha ones are... It's just a type of airbag. Okay. So it's, it's the most inducive to the corrosion, and it's the most likely to kill you in a car accident. The Beta ones are only likely to rupture and, and give you that injury after a peer, period of about six years. So that's why they're, they're putting priority to cars that are alpha and also priority to cars that have a beta airbag that's greater than six years old. So if your car is less than six years old, they can confidently say, you're okay to sit this one out until we get stock. Now the stock thing, if you consider Takata, they produce airbags for most car brands around the world, right? So the thing with them is that when they run out of stock of normal airbags, production at a car company slows down. If you all of a sudden have millions of cars worldwide that need airbags, that company is then being sued by everyone. It's, it's kind of like a problem here where they can't actually make these airbags at all. So that was the problem they were dealing with. And so they're not of, making them? Well, Takata was now bought out by somebody else. They didn't buy out their, um, their what do they call it? Their, the, the liability? Debt. Yeah, they didn't buy out the liability. 
but they have bought out the company because it is a profitable company. Mm. But now the problem is they have to make new airbags for new cars plus replacement airbags for old cars. And in addition to that, they're making the same faulty airbags because they know that they have a six-year lifespan. So until they develop a new airbag, you're getting a faulty airbag. It's an age thing. Especially more tropical weather as well. Here's the thing. We... Sydney had real bad hailstorms, yep. right? So basically, the insurers have gone out and rented out short-term industrial yep. warehouses, yeah, the and that. all the hail damage is getting done there by PDR guys. Yep. Different, different guys, they're all invoicing them. The dealerships, okay, we understand they've got to make money, mm. right? And a, good, a, a big dealership is probably doing 40 to 50 car services a day minimum, yep. right? They've got cars everywhere. Not all these cars leave every day, other yep. problems come up, stuff like that. Back doors don't open. Now, yeah, back doors don't open. <laughs> now, you, you'd think, and this is why, like people like yourself and other, you know, other people in the news were saying, well, just cancel regos if people don't want to bring yeah. it back. That's it. You got no choice. That's what they yeah. want to do to cancel yeah. regos. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what the push cancel. was. Right. Yeah. But people like me who wanted to take my car in yeah, and can't. Right. That's, that's a different story. And meanwhile, people yeah. are getting notified and yeah. not taking them in. But what I didn't understand was, yeah. why wouldn't Mercedes and three or four of them say, guys, you know what? We're just going to get a big-ass thousand-square-metre warehouse. Do you have one to lease? And, yep, yeah, we sure do. That's where we're headed. That's where we're going. Guys, ring me, ring me. The city's head office is down the road, and Paul will give you a number to ring. You can take the cars there, because yeah. if it's just there for the airbag, you can just put people... That's it. it there's, a, there's always a solution, but it just Absolutely. comes out that... But well, I reckon it's stock. I don't reckon they've got the airbags. Well, it's a mix of those supply. things. So stock, supply, all that sort of stuff, people not coming in. So the the, uh, the regos they're cancelling now are all for the alpha airbags, so the ones that are likely to kill you. You literally cancel it. Yeah, yeah right. if you don't yeah, have them replaced yeah, yeah, when it comes to renew... And how do you know? They'll, they'll tell you. There's a, VIN, yeah. there's yeah. a website where check my VIN and it tells you if your car is on the list or not. A guy in Cabramatta died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it was from that. Mine got, mine got done at the first. Very service. minor accident. Tr- wouldn't have even. Months. I mean, yeah, the guy wouldn't have even got whiplash, but yeah, he got mine. an airbag through the face. Yeah. yeah. And actually, that little boy last week in Sydney, no, no, yeah, sitting no, on his dad's lap. Yeah. The kid was sitting on his lap, driving a car. Yeah, but the, no, yeah, but it's not the airbag. Well, the airbag hitting That's his face. Nice. I don't think he had the seatbelt from the airplane. You know, the <laughs> one. That's he was sitting on the guy's lap, driving down the street. The driver's lap. Airbag hit him in the face. It's on the driver's lap. <laughs> <laughs> like there's stupidity too. There's, well, yeah. there is stupidity. The kid died. The kid died. He was on the drive. He was driving. Because lucky when I was a young kid, my granddad had Galant, but I had no airbags. So I was <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah, he used to drive. We used to steer on his lap. <laughs> so that's essentially what this guy was doing. He had his kid on his lap. Yeah, yeah. Drive yeah. on a main road and he got T-bone by the car I saw in one of the other they were looking at whether or not the airbag was one of those exploding ones and it wasn't they all explode no 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 not the metal through it (laughs) yeah like a faulty one yeah it's coroner coroner it's not like the movies where it's a pillow yeah (laughs) those soft ones like in uh, National Lampoon's Uh, yeah yeah. Yeah. (laughs) and then you can't get out because it's stuck in there Uh, Another topic that is in the news and and always sort of will they, won't they, autonomous cars. Mm. Are you going to be out of a job in 10 years' time? Yeah, that's a thing for me. They'll Um, review themselves. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is is our great car. (laughs) The car will drive itself to here. (laughs) I'll look at it and then it'll drive off. (laughs) Look, I think that, that we will have just autonomous zones. I've driven a fair few of these cars now and they're... They just don't work unless there's clear lines. And if you look here, I mean, it's half the roads here 
don't make any sense, let alone the good roads. So I think we'll have zones like highways where autonomy will work, car parks. So the big thing I can see with car parks, if you go do your Christmas shopping, you'll drop your car off in an autonomous zone, the That's car will drive idea. off, mm-hmm. park itself. When you're ready, you press a button, it comes back, and then the car's there. So you never have to worry about Christmas shopping, car parks, all that sort of stuff. And Westfields will charge 10 bucks for oh, that. They'll charge somehow. Yeah. So, I mean, that side of things That's I'm excited idea. for, yeah. but I don't think we're yet anywhere near cars being able to drive you to work, home again, and all this sort of stuff. Well, or kids to school on their own. So, can you imagine that? Just cars pulling up. The other, pro- the other problem no, is, no, as no. smart as the cars are, there's a lot of dumb people on the road. The that'll that'll the hit the smart cars. cars without, yeah. 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 So, on that, on that topic of reviewing... Not or yep. reviewing or not reviewing autonomous cars. What about electric cars? Because when you review a car now, a lot yep. of it's all about the motor and whatever. Yep. range. Or is it just, just just the range. Yeah, the well, th- no, they, they have their own. The thing <laughs> they have their own set of complications. Like we I'm driving at the moment a long term I pace lone car. What is that like? It's fantastic. I think it's really good. I, I'm a big fan of electric cars, but I I won't. Uh, my garage will be an electric car plus something that makes noise and pullets mm. and goes fast. Apparently a Supra. Yes, yeah, it's on my list. So, yeah, the, the I-Pace is, is a good thing you because... You're yeah. you ordering it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Surely Toyota would donate one. Oh. Well, well have, have a chat with them. We'll have a chat, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Ross is going to talk to them. Yeah. Please do, well, because at the moment, they can't even tell me when I can order one. Like, there's, there's 300 ridiculous. coming to Australia. And no, no. Don't so there's only 300 coming to the country? Yeah. Yeah. So look at the V4. Well, we've got a bottle. Seriously, if you get bottle. one, it, I reckon 300 is, first 12 months, is a good thing. Look at the Mark 4R32. There's only 200 of those. 100 got written off. There's only 90 left. There's 10 of them got stolen. Like I said on another podcast, I think the Super looks like a sneaker. I think it looks like a BMW. Oh. Wow. Yeah. This is the thing. That's great because that means the interior isn't a Toyota interior. Mm-hmm. So you put it in Christmas thing. <laughs> that's that's a good thing. Uh, but yeah, no, look, I, I'm a fan of electric cars, and I think that uh, they don't really work in Australia yet. We've had a lot of people um, not really understanding that Australia's electricity generation is still very much predominantly brown and black coal. Mm. And at this stage, if you look at um, there's a site called the Green Vehicle Guide. You can basically look at um, what they call the fuel life cycle, which is the emissions per kilometre of your car. Now, they also offer that for an EV, and you think to yourself, well, an EV doesn't emit anything. But if you're charging the car with brown coal, black coal, yeah. you're actually emitting things. And what they've done is they've calculated here the equivalent emissions for an electric car compared to a petrol car. And if you use an example of Prius versus Ionic, a Prius is more efficient, even if you're putting fuel into it. Tesla Model S, 100D, versus a BMW 530D, the 530 is more efficient, even though it pumps out diesel, than the Tesla is at full electric, if you're charging with brown coal. So, where's that? Piece of information. Well, this is the thing, no one wants to talk about that, because, you know, the the government, needs to bump up renewables they don't want to because of whatever reasons so they don't want to talk about it ev people kind of gloss over it uh, because realistically if you own an ev you're going to be running green energy at home if you're serious about saving the environment so most of them are well you can't be because if you're at home uh, like i'll use me as an example i'm in an apartment building we had an ev point installed in our parking space and i have to hook into the body corporate power so I'm limited Shh, to whatever they pay Don't for. tell them. No, well, they know, <laughs> unfortunately. So 
I have to use that. I have to plug into apartment 7C. To really be cable to run for their apartment into the car park. What you need is a level 2 electrician. I doubt an electrician. I said to him, how hard would it be to bypass the media here? You need these special gloves. Yeah, exactly. That's it. We can't watch TV and plug the car at the same time. If you go to one, if you look around the neighbourhood and you see a house that's always got the blinds down, they may have the special gloves. That's exactly right. Bypass the power. So look, I don't know. It's it's still it's not like Norway where you've got a huge amount of EVs, you've got a government that provides incentives and you've got green energy. Mm. Here we're still so, I mean, we can't even do we're the NBN serious. properly. We right. can't have a basic internet connection, let alone green we're cars. Struggle. Australia's not so. serious about uh, the infrastructure. You need an infrastructure. And I get yeah. frustrated when people crap on about electric vehicles to me going, oh, it's more efficient, it's more efficient. Well, actually, is it not in this country? It's cheaper to, to charge. So it's, it costs you, depending on where you're charging it, about a third of the cost to, to fill a tank in a conventional car. So for, for the Person. Go as far though. Uh, no, but the, I mean equivalent distance. No, oh, okay. Yeah, so just that crucial point. Yeah. yeah take, <laughs> take the eye place for example. If I want to do bus. 400 kilometres of driving, which is roughly the range realistically, it's a 90 kilowatt hour battery. You multiply 90 kilowatt hours by the charge rate, which is let's say 30 cents. You're looking at roughly 30 bucks or something like that to to do that distance. So yeah, but it costs like how much come is a drag? 150 right. grand? But it's the no, inside it's not is that much. Is how it? much is it? It starts at 100. No, I pay. It starts at 119. Yeah, yeah, but the inside feels like a luxury car. So you're paying yeah. what you would for a Jag SUV yeah. anyway. So it's just electric. So it is cheaper to run it, but whether you're actually getting a benefit from it, and you can run it for free if you've got solar and all that sort of stuff. But or you plug into apartment seven. So yeah, yeah, or if you plug into someone else's um, apartment. But what about batteries like long term? You know, they're gonna. How do we dispose? They're gonna have to dispose of them. Or it's more know, recycling them. Okay. So what they're able to do is um, Tesla, for example, they sell a product called the Powerwall. They're able to take batteries from old cars and put them into a Powerwall, which means you can utilize it as home as power storage and be off okay. the grid if you want. Um, so there is a life after that, whereas a car like that, if you own that for 10 years, which is roughly the life of a battery, I mean, what are you going to do with that? You're not going to take the engine out and put it in mm. something else. You're going to basically... One. Yeah. That's what I do. I mean, you're going to just scrap it, and, yeah. and that's a thing. So, I mean, electric cars will be just the same as these, where you'll get to the point where you're like, well, there's no... We'll just scrap this. And there's so many more moving components with a car like that, right? Yeah. I mean, and what's, what's the electric I mean, an EV, you're not servicing anything, really. You're filling up um, your washer fluid, the brakes last about three times longer than a normal car because when you roll, like you roll out of the throttle, yeah. it starts slowing down. You barely ever touch the brakes. Mm. Um, I driven any electric cars. You should. You go down to Tesla, they'll give you a test drive with no commitment. They don't care who it is. You just go drive it and that's it. In fact, they've now moved their model. They've announced that they're closing down yeah, all their dealerships and you can own the car and return it within seven days if you don't like it. We're all getting Teslas! For a week each. For a week each. So I can't just borrow a Tesla. Yeah, they Tesla. offered us. You get one each, and then. You know, laugh. They offered us a wall track. <laughs> really? Is it like Mr. Rose. She goes, she goes oh, oh, great gym. I've got a good wall track. I go, is it pink? <laughs> and the front's yellow, so she had a sense of humour, and I'm like, a wall track? I bought the Commodore and offered me a wall track. That's, uh, you know, just very quickly on... We ended up with a Kluger. Yeah, because we do a lot of our filming for our show in Sydney, I'll often just rent a car and see getting an Uber, because by the time you do all that, yeah, it's just yeah. easier. You know, we went through Hertz and I got some status there or whatever, and you, you roll in, 
And their definition of an upgrade is very curious because I once <laughs> went from a golf. He goes, would you like to upgrade to a Holden Tracks? I'm like, not a chance on earth I would want to upgrade to a Holden Tracks. Well, that's an upgrade. Yeah, I'm like, how What's a Holden Tracks? It's like yeah, a, a mini SUV. Well, 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 what did you book, a skateboard? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. That's a, their, their definition of an upgrade is so I'm going to Phillip Island tomorrow. Uh, I'm not going to go on a wild track. No, God, no. We're going to leave the clue. So the gaps are going to take on your cars. And what are you driving in Phillip Island? MD. Oh. So Excellent cars tomorrow. I've so. done one of those before, and they're really, really fun. So we'll report yeah, on that. Good, good, can't wait. So, yeah, <laughs> Pete's going to send it. Oh, yeah, send don't it. send it at Phillip Island because generally, when you send it, you're going very fast, and the no, other no, thing no, stopping no, you no, is no, the no, wall. No. There'll be no GoPros, and we're not designed for that. We've got faces for podcasts. Okay, <laughs> Paul, speak mate. for yourself. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Mister Marketing, and our Hal's got his hands up. Oh. Sorry, mate. Sorry, Hal. <laughs> Sorry, we're a beacon of beauty. I'm built for comfort, mate. Station wagon that handles. Very, very comfortable. Very comfortable. <laughs> Sit next to me on a long flight. You'll lift that hand you were on. sleeping on him on the plane, were you? Huh? And just quickly call business class or economy when you uh, gallivant around the world. It's just pay the bill. Yeah. yeah, it's always business. Yeah, yeah. So not first, not ready for first. No, well, that's the thing. Well, generally get an upgrade to first, but it's business. Um, the reason we do business is just because, like, just as a, as an example, we did a, a did a Jag reveal event in London once, and I was in London for less than twenty four hours, and it took yeah. me longer than twenty four hours to get there. So, mm. if you're doing that, I prefer to just be able to sleep on the plane and then you just head back and that's There's it. There's so much of a bed. Uh, it depends on the airline. Yeah, it depends on the airline. No, Qantas. No. I didn't wish upon it. Was like, it was like I was camping. Yeah, Paul's not comfortably built like. No, I, that's what I'm saying. This is the station wagon. It bed, depends which airline you So I put the waist up, like yep. I was if I was on the couch, yep. and I yep. fell asleep. So was it A380? Yeah. Yeah. See, the, the the problem is on an A380, you want to go first because they actually have a wide bed and it's got a, a padded mattress. Oh. Um, but I mean, they're some now, cells too small for it. They're, yeah, like, they're now retrofitting um, A380 with the new um, business suites that they have on yeah. A330 and their Dreamliner product. And that's that's what's going to be the standard. But there are still some airlines that don't do a full life lap. Which, mm. So uh, with it's all this travelling, I've become a bit of a snob on business class. Yeah, but you're not going to travel on scoot business, are you? Yeah, but that, that's the thing. Some of them are so bad. Like the Qantas one, if you had spent $10,000 return on a business yeah. class ticket to LA, I'd feel pretty shit about that. Or even to New York, where they do a 747 from Yeah, LA and you know the pyjamas they give you? Oh, yeah. I was too embarrassed to ask if they had them in 2XL. <laughs> so I just stayed in my jeans. I'm <laughs> it's just easier that yeah, way. Well, but you can't get changed in the toilet. Well, no. It's impossible no. to manoeuvre yourself around there. Yeah, I don't think she wanted to come. I should have my seat. She didn't come and help me. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's around me. Who cares? You gave me the pyjamas. And if you find, we last week flew British Airways, oh, and the seats yeah. are backwards. Mate, it's yeah, like I, a train. You're looking at each other. Every time you, you get one of those, it's never a good-looking woman you're facing. It'll be some dude, and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to put this thing up. Because the it's, bomb. Yeah, it's a race to who goes yeah, up yeah, first yeah, yeah. on the thing. Yeah, <laughs> you're too embarrassed to press it. Well, so, yeah, well, Paul, thank you for having us. No, thank um, you for coming down. I appreciate no, it. It was a bit of fun. You're more than welcome to come back on again or when you're in Sydney Absolutely, down, absolutely. If you want to have a laugh. Um, any plugs? Do you want to plug anything? You might as well plug our TV show. So um, Wednesdays at 7.30pm on the Your Money channel, which is 95 free to air and 6.01 on Foxtel. And yeah, just our Car Advice podcast, I guess, which you can find on iTunes. And the website? And the website, caradvice.com. Google yeah. it. And um, yeah. guys... That's our first one down for the Victoria trip. Yeah, 12 to go. 
12, it's twelve to go. <laughs> one day, yes, we're going to get on there. So, um, I don't know. I don't need to do the spiel. No, don't. Nah, do don't do the spiel. Right, I'll, I'll do it by the end of the day. You want to? I know you yeah. want to do it by the end of the day. Okay, well, that's the end of part one, and uh, we'll go on to part two. Or I might say that because we might swoop around. Switch so the next Victorian uh, yeah, road trip. Tesla's. We flew down. Tesla. Tesla's. We're going to get Red Tesla. Free Tesla. So thank you, Paul. Cheers. Bye for now.